time for Coffee with the Chicken Ladies, a podcast for people who love chickens. Hey, everybody, and welcome. It's Chrissy and Holly from Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. We're here, and this is episode number 164 of our podcast, where we talk about everything chicken, family, fun, and more chickens more chickens we drink a ton of coffee i'm talking a ton but most importantly we hug chickens every day and we kiss them too don't forget we brew coffee from a little coffee house in historic gettysburg pa bantam coffee roasters holly and what kind of coffee are we brewing today today we're drinking the costa rican coffee because we're dreaming of going there again speak for yourself (laughs) i've never been there (laughs) <laughs> Where can everybody get their own cup of Costa Rican coffee? Bantamroasters.com. And use the code FLUFFYBUTT on all your purchases and get 10% off everything on the website and follow them on social media. Are you ready to sip some of this delicious Costa Rican coffee and chat? I am. But first, a word from our sponsor. We have some exciting news to share from our sponsor, Grubly Farms. They're here, new and improved, Grubly's World Harvest. I'm a longtime subscriber, and my flock love the healthy, nutritious treats, plus orders $40 and more ship free. If you haven't heard, Grubly's has a fantastic layer pellet and crumble feed. It's packed with plant and insect protein, perfect for those picky chickens and ducks. Grubly Farms makes food and treats for healthy pets and planet. To support us and Grubly's, go to our website or our show notes and use the link. Try it today. Burr. It's cold, man. It's cold. It's cold, yeah. Right and now, we have like the coldest weather so far. Yeah, I have my face stuck in a pile of seed catalogs because I can't, I can't cope with it. I emotionally cannot handle winter right now. It's bad. So we're recording this right after the day of the storm here. That was not snow, thank God, because it would have been like over a foot, right? But torrential, torrential rains and high winds. And flooded my runs. I'm like, oh my God. It was a lot of water. So bad. And so I took care of everyone and I came back in here and I opened the seed catalog and I picked out the potatoes I want to grow because I literally cannot handle this. It's bad. I was out there. The girls and I go out there and we go back and the babies are all in the run and the big girls are under the nestera. And I'm like, girls. It's dry under there right now, but under the other, the Amish coop, there was like ankle deep in water. I'm like, it was so much water. It was like an inch of rain in two hours or something. I'm like, you got to go in your house. You know this. So I got them all in and come in. And then schools were closed the day after for Ella. I still can't believe that the schools were closed. That's crazy. I've never seen that before, except during a hurricane. Well, I was on Facebook that night and I kept saying to Joe, oh, Another water rescue, another water rescue. So Hartford County had like 10 or more people trapped in their cars. Oh, wow. On flooded roads. So when we woke up in the morning, we woke up to no school because there was something like 30 road closures and the buses couldn't get everybody. So they had to close schools. Yeah. I'm like, it's crazy. That is crazy. Well, again, I'm glad it wasn't like two feet of snow. Well, then we would still be shoveling. (laughs) Yes. Yes, we would. My $20 gift that Joe got me that I picked out for my birthday is coming in handy. If you go on social media, you'll see me in this humongo yellow poncho made by The Comfy. I mean, that thing goes down to my ankles. It is 
paying for itself. $20, well worth it. That's fantastic. It's comfortable too and warm. Good. Anything else going on on your end besides weather problems? <laughs> uh, my current <laughs> obsession with potatoes and sweet potatoes. And that's about it. <laughs> I just, you know how I get, I pick out something I want to grow and then I get obsessed with it and I need to find all the heirloom varieties. And, you know, over here, I'm like in between doing all the stuff I need to do outside with the chickens and everything else. I'm like trying to organize one thing at a time. I have that January organizational bug in me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, now let me do this. I did my vanity. Let me do this. Let me do that. It's something about January that makes you want to do that for sure. Yeah, fresh start. You just want to, I know, I know. I, I have the same thing. I don't have the time to do a lot of it, but yeah. You know, I do want to address something. The last two weeks we have not recorded in person because the stomach flu hit my family after New Year's, like directly after New Year's, and it's gone through all four of us. Mm-hmm. And you have not yet been to my house to record in our studio. I, We're re- have recording been, on Zoom. I've not been to your house since Christmas. Before Christmas. Before Christmas, yeah. Because we got sick after New Year's. And uh-huh. I just want to address something because we do pretty well recording on Zoom and we do Zoom interviews all the time. But the nature of Zoom is that sometimes people will talk over each other because there is a delay. Yeah, people can't see what we are seeing, but the reality is there is a substantial delay there. And you want to talk normally as if you're conversing. You know, you don't want this to be like, I have to wait 10 seconds for you to stop before I speak. But it does mean that we occasionally talk over each other. It just is the nature of the beast. And we try to edit it out unless there's something pertinent. It is what it is. It stays in occasionally. So if you do hear us sometimes talking over each other or even a guest, understand that's because there is a delay with Zoom. That's technology. It gives us the world in our backyard, but it also comes with some downfalls. And that's a very little downfall to pay to be able to speak to someone way across the world. You know, it's great. Our listeners are not sitting here with me while I edit things and spaces and say words that can't be said publicly because we're really grateful that Zoom does work the way it does, but it's not perfect and it really does make editing a lot tougher. Yeah. So next week we will be back together. Everyone is finally feeling better over here. Joe's still a little under the weather and I have been cleaning like crazy. So on that note, if you're listening to our show and you're loving it, head on over to Apple Podcast and leave us a written review. It does amazing things for the growth of our show. While you're there, hit that subscribe button. You never miss an episode. And it's another great way to help us. If you're looking for other ways to support the show, you can share your favorite episodes on social media. You can tell some chicken-loving friends about the podcast. You can visit our Etsy shop, check out our t-shirts, our mugs, our tiny chickens. You can become a patron of the show, patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all of our wonderful patrons. And the other thing you can do to help support the show is visit our show notes and our website, use our affiliate links and discount codes and buy products from our sponsors. Yay! Hey, Chris. Yeah. Do you like subscription boxes? Does it have anything to do with chickens? Of course. Then yeah. Let me take a minute to tell you about the Chicken Love Box. If you love goodies for your chickens and you, you need to go to chickenlove.com. I love the Mega Box. Tons of useful products for my flock and a chicken tea for me. You can't go wrong with a chicken tea. They are so cute and so soft. 
In the August box, I absolutely love those amazingly good-smelling nest box herbs and that giant roll of rooster stickers. They're great. I love the wood decorative plate. It's going up in our studio today. And with all my baking, those egg separators are going to work awesomely. Boxes start at $39 a month. They ship immediately after your order, and shipping is always free. Such a great deal. Don't wait. Get off the nest and click already. Use the code CWTCL50 for 50% off your first box of a three-month subscription or more. That's chickenlove.com. That's chickenluv.com. Get your subscription today. Have you heard of Strong Animals Chicken Essentials? They make natural supplements for your flock. Strong Animals has used plant-based products and natural approaches to promote the health and vitality of backyard flocks. Their products contain organic essential oils, prebiotics, and other natural ingredients to support the immune system and digestive health. Give your chicks and chickens what they need to thrive with Strong Animals health products. Visit GetStrongAnimals.com today. The Breed Spotlight is brought to you by Murray McMurray Hatchery, defining quality for generations. For over a century, Murray McMurray Hatchery has remained a trusted family-owned business working tirelessly to ensure our poultry meet the highest standards. Whether you are an experienced enthusiast or just embarking on the journey, look to McMurray Hatchery for guaranteed quality rare and heritage breeds, low minimums, and all the supplies you need to raise your flock. Request a free catalog today. 10,000 years of breaking the ice. Breaking the ice. It's time for the Breed Spotlight. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You got to help me on this one. Dicey out. <laughs> Where's the 10,000 years come from? <laughs> I don't know. Just 10,000 years of breaking ice, man. <laughs> this week's breed spotlight is the Vorwerk. Yes. And they're from <laughs> Germany. <laughs> the Vorwerk. It is yeah. spelled V O R W E R K. Vorwerk. And you can work it with the Vorwerk. Yes. You, yes. Vorverk. Vorverk. Now, if you own this chicken, it's not going to be an easy one to say all the time because it's if not an easy own, name to say. If you own this chicken, forgive us. <laughs> the Vorverk is a beautiful European heritage breed chicken developed in Germany. They have very similar markings to the Lakenvelder, but they're not the same breed. Where the Lakenvelder is white, the Vorverk is a really pretty golden buff color. Yeah, look them up. They're really cool looking chickens. They are. They're a bit heavier than the Lake and Velder, and they are considered a dual purpose breed. Though some people occasionally refer to them as Golden Lake and Velder, the birds in the U.S. are Vorwerks, and they are a distinct breed. I saw a lot of people mentioning this Golden Lake and Velder, but I never saw the Golden Lake and Velder, just the Vorwerk. So I think it's a non issue. I think it's just easier to say. <laughs> The Vorwerk. It's not that hard to say. The Vorwerk. I want to say work instead of work. Well, but, that's because that's how it's spelled. Right. But it's much easier to say Lake and Valley. Lake and Valley. Yes, it is. It's true. Now, there are two different Bantam versions of this bird. One is American and one is European. And the American Vorwerk Bantam was accepted by the American Bantam Association. It was developed in the 1960s by actually a German man here in the U.S., Okay. And it has its own kind of little history. But if you do see Vorwerk Bantams in the U.S., they are an American creation. They're not 
the Vorwerk Bantam in Europe brought over here. Noted. <laughs> so around 1900, a German breeder named Oscar Vorwerk began working on his namesake chicken. Now, and if I just, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but if I discover and I do a chicken breed, I'm going to be like master of sapphire and this and that. Like everybody, <laughs> everybody, uh, everybody wants to like use their name. It's going to be like the DiCarlo chicken. I don't know if I would do that. If I discovered a breed, I would want it to sound majestic. I, it's just me. It's just me. I don't know that I would name it after myself either. Yeah. Is that because you want your name to be remembered all through time when they get this chicken? Well, I can, can you see imagine that? the APA printing the Callahan Cosmala chicken in the standard of perfection? Before all is said and done, we're going to discover a chicken breed and yours is going to be yours and mine's going to be the DiCarlo. I can't see nah. that either. I nah, just can't. Better names than that. Yeah. Well, back to Oscar Vorver. He intended to create a utilitarian bird that was similar to the Lake and Belter but without the white feathers that apparently often look dirty. And, that, you know, that happens. It does. There is a story attached to this breed. There's a story that Oscar once showed his Lakenvelders to visitors, and they called them little gray creatures because they were so dirty. Now, a couple things. Germany was heavily industrialized in some areas, and coal smoke was an issue. It oh, yeah. Everything dingy, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a different time, a different era, yes. I can see the air pollution doing that for sure. What is interesting to me is that there is a similar story about William Cook and the Black Orpingtons. Okay. So I don't know if either of these stories are true or just, you know, they sound good. But either way, the foundation breeds used by Vorwerk include the Lakenvelder, the Buff Orpington, the Buff Sussex, which is essentially a buff version of the light Sussex with the Columbia pattern. And an Andalusian. I was kind of scratching my head over the Andalusian, but... <laughs> Where is Andalusian playing all this? It does bring a few features in, so... Well, it's Mediterranean, so it brings egg laying in. I can see that, but... Oh, yeah. let me throw an Andalusian in there. Like, the thing I would not be saying. I'm sorry. I know. I know. The Andalusian <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> so after more than a decade of breeding, Vorwerk presented his chickens at a show in Hamburg, Germany, and they were well-received. He died in the early 1930s, and after the Second World War had ravaged Europe, there weren't a lot of the Vorwerks left. And of course, after the war, the rise of hybrid layers and broilers pushed out those heritage breeds even more. So Vorwerks remain a very rare chicken in all parts of the world. I mean, very few people have probably heard of this chicken, is my guess. They're very pretty. I mean, I would have them. I think they're really neat looking. You would have them in your flock? Yes, I would. Would you have them in your flock? <laughs> you would have every chicken in your flock. Who are you kidding? I would kidding? not. I would not. Okay. Name one that you would not have in your flock. Then. Morans. What? You would not have a Morans ever. Do I have a Morans? Okay. So if somebody came to you and said, I have this Morans that needs a home and it's desperate and needs a home, you wouldn't take it. I'd put up another coop and run. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing because you know it's true. I thought you were going to say the wine dot. No, I think I would have a wind-up before Moran's. I'm telling your goddaughter this. She's upstairs. Well, she doesn't want to be supplanted in my affection. She's fine with this. <laughs> Drusilla's like, I hell, I don't need no other Moran's. She can get one of those wind-ups if she wants, but no Moran's. <laughs> I'm always the one saying, 
well, no, I can't see them in my flock. I mean, but I, if, like, I, if I were building a flock with like personalities where Morans and Wyandots did well, that would be fine. For real, a bird that I wouldn't put in my flock, probably the Azeal. Really? Well, yeah. To me, I wouldn't put those chickens in my flock either. Right. I see that. But, but the Morans? About, do I have a Morans? <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move along. <laughs> now, Greenfire Farm imported the Vorwerk from Germany in 2017. And they did offer chicks and hatching eggs for sale for a period of time. I found some breeders referencing another importation from Germany as well, but I couldn't find any more information about a non-Greenfire importation of Vorwerks. So okay. that's a question mark. I don't know about that for sure. So let's look at the Vorwerks. They are a medium to large size chicken, okay? So they have black hoods, head and necks, and black tails over golden buff colored body. They're really cool looking. They I, are. I, their underfluff is gray. I mean, they're a pretty colorful chicken. Where did the gray underfluff come from? That probably came from the Lankenvelders. The Lankenvelders. I, I think it came from those Andalusians. Or the Andalusians, the crazy Andalusians in there. Yep. Okay, so black feathers on the body are considered a fault. What? Not good. But apparently it's difficult to breed this out of them. So you're going to yeah. have them with some black feathers. I think that's good to have the black feathers in them. Come on now. They don't want that. So they do have large white earlobes, a gift from... That's definitely the Andalusians. <laughs> the, those Andalusians, lar the large straight combs, another gift from those Andalusians. <laughs> and clean slate blue legs and feet, another gift from <laughs> the Andalusians. I mean, it's the Andalusians are really shining through in this chicken, that's for Buff sure. Buff like, I gave them the color and maybe the a little bit of size, that's, that's it. it. The Andalusians are like, yeah, I'm representing, <laughs> I'm representing, and they're getting a lot from it. So the roosters are going to weigh in around six pounds and the hen's about five pounds. That's about a little, just a little bit bigger than the Andalusians. There was actually a pretty, that's an average because there was actually a surprisingly large weight scale. Like I saw them from six to seven and a half pounds on the roosters and the hens were like four and a half to six. And it, it was kind of crazy. So I just averaged them. Now, if you have chickens from four and a half to six, that's really big. I mean, a right. big weight difference there because exactly. a four and a half pound chicken looks so much different than a six pound chicken. They're clearly. Small. I mean, chickens are not really big birds when you get right down to it. The difference between four and five is substantial in a hen. Now, the chicks are absolutely beautiful. If you look at them online, you're going to love them. Guess what? They're charcoal gray with a golden head. Those Andalusians are coming through again. So it made me laugh, though, because they're the complete opposite of what they look like when they have their adult feathers. <laughs> and that's really funny, but they're, yeah. they're really beautiful chicks. Okay, so the hens are decent layers. They're going to give you about 180 light brown eggs per year. Now, here's that's the surprise to me. I thought with having yeah. Mediterranean blood in them, there was going to be a higher number. But yeah, the, the buff... That's the Orpington. <laughs> so they're not really known to go broody and illusion. They're active. Wonder who they got that from. They're very active. They're great foragers. They're alert and intelligent birds. They can be a bit flighty, but, but in they're, general. They're easygoing. Yeah. They're known to be pretty easygoing chickens. Yeah. I mean, 
they're sounding like an Andalusian with a little bit of buff coloring. I, I knew we were going to go down that road and make all kinds of jokes about it. I mean, it just, I don't know. It's just funny. Well, we each own Andalusians and we know the trouble they can get into. So, oh boy. I mean, smart chickens, I'm, smart, smart chickens. I love them to death, but man, oh man. No, I did think this was nice. Breeders say that the Vorvirk roosters get along quite well amongst themselves. So that's oh, quite so nice. Amongst more than one rooster, you're saying. Right, right. So if you have a group with multiple roosters, they usually get along really well. That's nice. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a definite plus. Yeah. And they're reasonably heat and cold hardy, but look, they got those straight combs from our buddies and illusions. You got to watch that. And I mean, their body size is medium, so they're going to be good for either or, but you got to protect everything. They're not heavily feathered. That's the only thing. They're not heavily feathered, so they will probably feel the cold sooner than, you know, like a Brahma or a Favaral. They're not going to feel the cold really quickly, but a Vorvirk might, you know, so just if you had them, keep an eye on them, see how they do. I mean, the Favarals, if there were chickens on the movie Frozen, they would be salmon Favarals. Oh, yeah. That's what Pete used to say. They're the frozen so, chicken. Yeah. They're the frozen. So, I mean, yeah. That, and then they're- the Favarals we saw at the Ohio Nationals. It was oh, like- my God. So much fluff. I've never seen Favreau's that look like that. Beer and I've never seen ours are like half the size, the size. of what those were. Yeah. Yeah. So well. there isn't a reasonably active Facebook group. Shocking. Shocking yes. to me. I was pleasantly surprised. The Vorberg Chicken Breeders USA, they are a good source for birds and hatching eggs. The breeders on that group look to me, and I'm not a member of that group. I was just kind of visiting. A lot of people in that group are very passionate about this breed. So if you're interested, I'm sure they would, you know, be happy to answer questions, et cetera. I'm still surprised that they don't lay a white or a cream egg. I'm surprised. I mean, they've got Sussex in there. They've got Orpington in there. They've got brown egg layers. And that's interesting. I don't know enough about breeding to know who carries the dominant gene for egg right. color, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So here's the part of the show where we say, if you have this bird, the Vorark, Message us on Instagram and show us your picture or just mention it in your story and mention us and we'll reshare it. It's a classic. If you're looking for a chicken coop that's produced in a planet-friendly, sustainable way, try Nestera. Each coop is made from highly durable, 100% recycled plastic that keeps the equivalent of up to 2,000 shampoo bottles out of a landfill. Their clean, modern design will fit into any garden or run area and comes with an industry-beating 25-year warranty and a range of handy accessories. Simple to put together, so quick and easy to clean, and most importantly, red mite resistant. Your chickens will love it. Quick shipping from Nestera.us. For a 5% discount, use the affiliate link in our show notes, on our website, and on Instagram. Link in bio. Check them out today. Roosties proudly sponsors Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. They're back with an innovative new product. You're going to want to check this out. It's an extra large set, a 14-pound feeder in three-gallon water with steep anti-roost lids. They're made of super durable material. You can either stand them on legs or hang them on brackets on your coop or fence. They're easy to remove and clean too. Plus, they look awesome. We personally use Roosties and we're huge fans. So if you're raising chicks or keeping chickens, check out the Roosties store on Amazon or follow the link in our show notes. Okay, so let's move on to... Main topic. Yeah. 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 So we're going science this week. We're going to go away from, you know, like some everyday <laughs> <Not> care. <science. laughs> 
we're going to go away from like everyday care and stuff like that because with the weather the way it is, sometimes it's really important to talk about care when you have extreme weather. It really comes up. So we like to talk about that a lot, but we wanted to, to veer off a little bit and just talk about the science of preening and feather care because feather care right now is going to be a big deal with the weather also. It is. And now this came up because I've been writing about geese and I was researching some things about geese and it'll be on our website eventually. I'm doing essentially stupid goose questions for people like me that know squat about geese and are going to get them. So I started looking into a lot of chicken behaviors to see if the geese did the same thing. And yeah, of course, geese preen and they need to waterproof themselves. But in the process, I came across several studies about chickens preening. I mean, it's one of those things that we love to watch. Yeah. It's like chicken TV to watch. But let's dive in and tell everybody exactly what they're looking at here. Yeah. Like you said, watching them. If you've watched your chicken for any length of time, you've almost certainly seen them preening their feathers. And it's instinctive. They're going to do it without thinking. So they're going to do it because instinctively inside, they know they have to groom and they have to do it. So it's not something, a learned behavior. They're born with that behavior. They they can learn bits about it, like by watching their mother. But yeah, the basic instinct to preen is there. It's also a good measure of the health of your birds. A chicken who is not preening, you know, their feathers are getting ratty. You never see them preening. That's very likely to be a chicken with a problem. That's one of the things that we're always saying. So when we're on the phone and we're having somebody we're watching, we're like, well, she's preening or she's not preening. Uh, I don't know about this. But here we even go back to the instinctive thing is you can see chicks that don't have a mom there. Right. Preening in the brooder and they just know to do it. And it's something that they do when they feel good. Right. So it's one of those things that you can look at as into to give a measure of if they're feeling well or not well. Right. They do it a lot. I mean, birds can preen as often as once every hour. And for chickens, it's often a social activity too. So you'll see the hens, they gather together and they preen themselves. Like my old girls will take a nap afterwards. Oh, yeah. They're rolling. They're taking their baths. They're preening. The younger ones are trying to come in and they're like, no, go out. They like go after them. They're like, don't come in my group. It's the old ladies group over here. (laughs) When a chicken or any other bird preens, they're using their beak or their bill to condition their feathers. And it has a couple steps. So they use it to smooth the feathers so that the barbels catch and stay together and improve waterproofing. It also involves placing feathers that may have become disarranged or ruffled back into the correct position. Or picking out some mites or lice or anything that doesn't belong in those feathers. So they will take care of a problem. So if they get one mite on them, you know, they're going to hopefully know it's there and find get it, it and, off. Right. Find it and dispatch it. And perhaps the most important thing about preening Preening involves collecting oil from the preen gland and rubbing it onto their feathers. Right. That's what conditions the feathers. Yeah. So we've heard a lot of people ask about the gland itself. And some people mm-hmm. think it's a growth and some people think that there's something wrong and, you know, or a cyst. It's a completely normal gland that lives at the base of the tail. Yeah. It has two lobes. It's not huge. It has a little opening. It's kind of like an oil nipple. Yeah, 
Definitely. It's where it comes out. I mean, and if you don't know what it is, you could potentially think that it's something wrong, but it's not. It's supposed to be there and it secretes the oil that's going to make those feathers completely beautiful. Virtually every bird in the world has a preen gland and it's more correctly called the uropygial gland. Like we said, it's situated on their back near the base of the tail and it's not big. If it's big, We'll talk a little bit about this at the end, but if it's big, you might have an issue there. Right. The gland secretes all of that oil that the bird collects on her beak or her bill, and she'll spread it along the feathers. That's the grooming and the conditioning. And this is important for chickens. This is crucial for ducks, geese, and other waterfowl. They tend to have a larger gland than other birds, and they use that to really waterproof themselves. I was going to say, it's all about the waterproofing with those types of waterfowl. I mean, they're in, I love seeing the videos on social media of the ducks right now when it's zero degrees and they're jumping in the water. Well, this gland is what helps them be waterproof and they have to keep that going. Now, I thought this was fascinating. There are a few groups of birds without a uropygial gland. This includes emus, Ostrich, rias, cassowaries, some pigeons and doves, woodpeckers, and Amazon parrots. That's crazy. I know. So Grayson has one. It's funny because I watch him all the time. I looked at, he's an African gray. So the African parrots do. But with the Amazon parrots, apparently they just have this kind of rudimentary, they may have had it at one point, but they just have this kind of rudimentary bump that doesn't really give them any oil. Oh, yeah. I mean, Grayson, and sometimes, you know, they're going to rub their heads on it, too. You've seen them rub the backs of their heads on the gland. That's what the geese do. Apparently, the geese will roll their head all over the oil and then roll it on the rest of themselves. It's really funny. It's kind of what Grayson does. So, Grayson uses his head to do it. And, you know, he's a little bit different than the chickens that way. So, but they all have it. I mean, the ones that don't have it. Okay. Why doesn't a woodpecker have it? They need to condition those feathers. I don't know. I mean... I guess they have other means. Some of them will actually bathe in water. Some of them pigeons and doves, they're out there in the winter. Some of them. Not all of them. Some of them have it. Some of them don't. That's crazy. I didn't get into it really deeply. But usually the other types of birds are either using dust baths or water baths or both. Right. Now, silkies do have the preen gland, but because their feathers have no barbules, they cannot waterproof themselves even if they tried. Exactly. Now, those are like, if you think about the way to explain is like little umbrellas that kind of branch out across the feathers and keep them, you know, they're like kind of like little. If you've ever played around with a feather, the fibers stick together and you can pull them apart. And when you're pulling them apart, that's the barbels. You're right. It's making like an umbrella that covers the skin. So the water bounces off versus goes and gets absorbed now in a downpour it's going to break through but right i mean they are going to get drenched eventually unlike the water fail who where it's almost impenetrable but back to dust baths dust baths are important for several reasons but in chickens and some of the other birds with preen glands they actually use their dust bath to help remove excess or stale oil from their feathers exactly exactly that dust bath is it's useful for everything Now, I put a a video up of Cornelia doing a dust bath in her pine shavings right? because she was in her little pop-up and it acts as the same way. 
it does kind of help clean everything off. And then they stand up and they shake all the excess off. Now, here's where we get really sciencey. The secretions produced by the preen gland can vary greatly depending on species, on hormone levels, on the bird's diet and their gender. This is where we say diet plays a role in the feather condition of your birds. You have to feed a high quality food in order for those feathers to be at their best. Preen oil is generally made up of waxes, fatty acids, and volatile organic compounds. Got that? Oh, yeah. Scientists have only been studying preening in depth for about the last 20 years or so, and they've come to some pretty interesting conclusions. The preening process provides a ton of health benefits, including... Okay, so let's start. You go through the first one. The uropygial gland produces a sebaceous material containing vitamin D precursors, which are then converted to the active form of vitamin D3 when they're exposed to ultraviolet light. This active form of vitamin D3 is ingested by your chickens during preening. It makes sense. Vitamin D and sunlight go together. Yep. Makes total sense. Okay, so preen oil is used to soften and protect the keratin and prevent the feather barbules from becoming brittle and breaking. This is really important. This is where the oils come in. If you don't give your chickens a high nutrient dense food, they're not going to have enough to make this and their feathers are going to break very easily. And you're going to see like those feathers where half of it's gone or part of it's broken. They just sort of look kind of ratty and unkempt. Exactly. The components of preen oil change during mating season and they act as a chemical signal amongst the flock. Well, it's their axe. <laughs> preen oil body spray. Yes. Calling all the ladies. Come on over. No, I didn't put this in here. I found an article and it was really, really sciencey and I was having a hard time digesting it, so to speak. But what they were saying was that sometimes the preen oil actually alters the way the feathers look under ultraviolet light. I'm sure. So it can fancy up those feathers and the boys can see it. Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's go into the next one. Female ducks will secrete unique fatty acids in their preen oil during mating season. Again, mm-hmm. another mating fact that attract the males. In chicken studies, roosters prefer to mate with hens who had a working preening gland. They like the girls that take care of themselves. Hey, baby, you shiny. <laughs> You shiny. They're like, look, you haven't been taking care of yourself lately. Uh, I don't know about this. Oh, Betty's looking a little ratty <laughs> over there. Oh. And more to the point, Betty doesn't smell like she's using the preen perfume. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, honestly, how much you look at these things, people and animals are so much alike. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> well, pro- yeah. I mean, everything has the biological urge to procreate. Now, some of the compounds in preen oil help control bacterial and fungal growth on the skin and feathers of birds, very much including poultry in that. Makes sense. I mean, it's nature's way of protecting them against anything that they come in contact with. Right. A 2004 study in the British Poultry Science Journal found that hens who had experienced feather picking and those who had not had different compounds in their preen oil. Yeah. Okay. It's not clear whether the changes were due to being picked on or were the reason 
for the pecking to begin. So something changed and they smelled different or they looked different. And then people started to pick on them. So they had a little bit of difference. So either they weren't feeling well or something happened with their genetics. The scientist's conclusion there was that they just needed to do a lot more research. I mean, does Betty smell different because she was being bullied and that's changing the chemical makeup of her preen oil? Or was her preen oil smelling so good that Sylvia had to come in and pull Betty's feathers out? Right. They're not sure at this point what the correlation is there. So a lot more research to be done. A lot of these things, scientists came up with conclusions, but they couldn't really give the mechanism because they just need to do more research. Yeah. Okay. So it is rare, but it's possible to have a blocked or infected preen gland. Just know this. It's possible. It's possible. You can use warm compresses on the gland several times a day. Sometimes that's enough to loosen it up and a little gentle pressure may clear the blockage. So if you're checking out your chicken and you see and you feel the bump is larger than normal, the gland itself, you need to part the feathers and actually look at it and make sure that it doesn't look infected or that it's not scabbed over or red. Yeah, it shouldn't be scabby looking, a lot of those things. Sometimes you need a veterinarian to lance or otherwise clean out the impaction. Infection right. and abscesses can occur in rare cases. They do require lancing and antibiotics from your vet. This is something that you should not do yourself. Take them to the veterinarian. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to mess with the endocrine system. I, no, not at know. all. Now, this is also rare but possible tumors of that gland may occur. And again, again, that go to the vet. Exactly. That definitely requires veterinary care. Yeah. Yeah. So special needs chickens and chickens who have had their preen glands removed or don't have a functioning preen gland for whatever reason, they may need some help with their feathers. We can't really oil their feathers. So the best option is to help them dust bathe. You can make a nice mix of something with like I like to use, so my Esther, who is non-ambulatory, she can't walk anymore. Right. She can preen, but I still help her with dust bathing. So I'll use Strung Animals Chicken Essentials Preen Queen as my base. That's my favorite. It's my favorite. It's, it's fantastic stuff. And I'll mix some wood ash in there, and I put a bit of topsoil in there, and I'll help rub it through her feathers and help her shake it off. And that is a really good way to help a bird who can't preen who's not producing oil, but still needs help with grooming, that's a good way to do it. Now, with all the science of what this is, where it comes from, why they do it, the number one thing that we want you to remember too is make sure your chickens are doing this because it's a sign of good health. If they're not, give them a check over. If you don't see them doing it, make sure they're okay. Make sure they're eating, they're drinking, and that there isn't a problem. Your bird might not be the type who preens once an hour. But, you know, if you haven't seen a bird preen in like a three, four hour stretch, you might want to give a closer look. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. So there you go. That's the act of preening right there. It's fun to watch, too. It's chicken TV. I like it. Okay. So let's move on to cracking the eggs. Cracking those eggs. Now, we're going comfort this week because it's freaking cold outside. We're staying comfort, essentially. January is either healthy or comfort or a bit of both. And when it's freezing, I go comfort. I'm sorry. 
I can't think of green salads a lot when it's like two degrees outside. I well, can't. you can eat the green salad. I'll happily eat a green salad if I get to eat baked mashed potatoes afterwards. And that's the recipe this week. <laughs> so this it's a, is, a way to fancy it up your mashed potatoes. Yeah. We did this with instant because by the time you've made like a classic bowl of mashed potatoes yourself, you don't need to add all the stuff into it. They're just delicious in every way. They're delicious but on their own. We are the advocate for weeknight. We want something fast and we want to fancy it up so that it's not hard to do, but it does seem a little bit more special. And we were talking the other day and I told you this. I saw this on Facebook somewhere that January is one big continuous Monday. And I believe that to be true. That's what it feels like. So let's fancy up those instant mashed potatoes. And this is the way we're going to do it. Let's take a look into our ingredients and what we need. So we need two and a half cups of milk or dairy-free, one and a half cups of shredded cheddar cheese or dairy-free cheese, one and a half cups of water, four tablespoons of butter or dairy-free butter, a teaspoon of salt, a teaspoon of garlic powder, two and three quarters cups of instant mashed potato flakes, and then here we go, two eggs beaten. Now, an optional thing, if you want to go a little green, because you're like, I need some green in it, you can chop up some herbs like parsley or chive or whatever you like and put that into the potatoes. This is super easy, super easy to make. Like this would be a really fun side if you're cooking dinner for your Valentine. You know, oh, you yeah. want it to be extra special. So. It's on a Wednesday night this year. So, I mean, you might be getting the instant mashed potatoes kind of fancied up. Yes. Not you, but you know, Joe, you might get that. <laughs> <laughs> Not Holly Ann. <laughs> So you want a reasonably large saucepan pot. You're going to put the milk, the cheese, the water, the butter, and the salt in there. Stir them a little bit. You're going to melt the butter, you know, stir it all together. Then you're going to bring it to a boil. You're going to take it off the heat and you're going to whisk those instant potato flakes in there. Whisk them quick. Do it Whisk them quick, right? (laughs) And then you're going to stir in the eggs and the garlic powder. You want a nine by nine baking dish or something that's similar to that inside greased or sprayed with olive oil. You're just going to empty that whole potato mixture in there. You're going to pop it into a 350 degree oven for about 30 to 35 minutes. The eggs are going to make it puff a little bit, kind of like a, a little bit of a potato souffle. Yeah. And that's it. Take them out and serve. It's that easy. Now, if you want to take this one step further, even more instant, You can buy the pouch of already pre-made instant mashed potatoes and just add water in the potatoes. Just a warning. They're not always gluten and dairy-free. Right. So if you're going gluten dairy-free, watch that. But if you're not and you want to go even more instant, you can do the potatoes with just the water and then add the extra ingredients and pop them in the oven. Super duper instant. (laughs) Super duper duper do. Now, I could go for a whole bowl of mashed potatoes tonight. No, no, I'm, I'm hungry now too. It's freezing out there. It was like, it was windier today than yesterday. I don't even know. It's freezing. So I want some mashed potatoes. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So try it. You might like it. Let us know what you think. It's a way to use some eggs too, that you might have an egg or two out that you want to use. And it adds some richness to the instant mashed potatoes. It's great. Make a nice meal. You could do the potatoes, whatever your main protein is, some potatoes on the side, some roasted veg. And then next week we're doing those cookies. That'd be a perfect Valentine's dinner. It would be great. We'll be wonderful. Okay, so are we ready to move on to retail therapy? Retail therapy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, this week's retail therapy, we're talking Neutrina because they've come up with a really good product that we absolutely adore. We love this product. Yeah, it's a high protein scratch. It's really nice for this time of year, especially when your birds just need a little extra something to get them through these frigid days and nights. Here's the thing. I love this blend because it's scratch. It's like the baked instant mashed potatoes, but it's a step up, right? Right, right. So you go up even higher and you get some extra good stuff in with the scratch. Yeah. So they're getting that tree. They're getting that scratch in the afternoon, right? Before they go to bed, you know, to help the body keep burning those calories overnight and keep them warm. But they also are getting some good stuff. So the crude protein in this is 12%. That's pretty good. It is pretty good. Yeah. It's not crazy. Like it's not going to damage your chickens and it's not intended to be their main meal, but it's filled with good stuff and it's a great snack. We use it before bed. It's afternoon scratch. I use it before bed all the time. And here's the thing that I really like about it too. It has a little bit something different. It has a berry flavor to it. It does. It has pellets in it that are berry. So the other day, Joe and the girls came in and they thought that somebody was having bloody diarrhea. And I was like, no, they just had high pro scratch. (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. It's just the berries. So you know that they're eating the pellets if it changes the color of their poop. But let's go into what's in this. It actually has pre and probiotics in it. I love this in the scratch. So that helps them stay energetic strong during the peak season and the winter time. This is when you're really going to use a scratch. Right. You want that energy to be up and it's that natural pecking that they want to do and it's going to give them something to peck at. And right. the pre and probiotics are going to help their gut health. So, exactly. Yeah. On a frigid afternoon, they're all kind of standing around miserable. And, you know, it's about an hour before bed. You know, the sun's going to be going down soon. So I go out and throw some handfuls of this and it does. It gets them moving. Right. They scratch, they pick, they eat, they put something in their crop to digest in the cold. They love it. They do love it. Yeah. I think absolutely love it. I agree. Now, the price of it is not too bad. It's like $7.99 for like, or it can go a little higher for like a seven pound bag of it. And you're not giving a whole lot of it. It lasts me a while. So go out and try it. You're going to love it. My birds absolutely love it. And I love the fact that it's peppered in with extra stuff. So yeah, it's fantastic. My girls don't waste any of it. They eat it all. Everything. Mm-hmm. It's a treat that you can feel a little bit better about giving because it yes. has extra stuff. The pre and probiotics alone, I love that in it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's really good stuff. Like I said, I think it's fantastic to give them some before bedtime on these cold days. And, you know, it's neutrina, you know, it's good quality stuff. You can't get better. Okay. So should we tell everybody what we're going to be talking about next week? Next week, we are spotlighting the beautiful Mediterranean Menorcan chicken. Yes, we are. Main topic. Oh, fun. We're talking about rodents and winter predators. Yay. You can't see my face, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cracking the eggs, hot chocolate cookies. Oh, yeah. This is from Ella. Yeah. They look amazing. And retail therapy. Well, the air is a little dry. We're talking about comb balm. Oh, yeah. We're going to look at them and tell you the best ones to choose. Okay. So what should we tell everybody to do until next week? Hug your chickens. Every day and kiss them too. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. If you'd like to see more of us, please follow us on Instagram at Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. 
If you'd like to help us grow the podcast, please leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. Thanks for listening.